say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For what uh, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all your all such rejoicings is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so I just want to <clears throat> give you a just a couple thoughts uh, this morning uh, on uh, the subject of uh, uh, what is your life. James tells us here uh, that our life is but a vapor. Our life is but a vapor. Again, he says, what is your life? It is even a a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. As we think about about life... uh, and uh, we think about the importance of life. I, I, I feel like we're living in a day today where <clears throat> a life has lost some of its importance uh, for some people. And um, if you will read the Word of God, and if you'll pay attention to what God has to say about life, you'll realize that the opposite is true. Life is uh, monumentally important. It is a vapor. First of all, we look at the shortness of life, the shortness of life. We're here for just a little while, for just a, a little time, and, uh, and then, uh, then it's gone. Life vanisheth away, and uh, we uh, don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We're living in uh, unprecedented times. We're living in unusual times. We're living in difficult times, but I think if you look through history, we've always lived in unusual times and unpredictable times, and you see that throughout history. It's just we're now living in a time that we've never lived before. Well, guess what? Ten years ago, we were living in a time that we never lived before, and so when these things come and, and, uh, and, and, and they hit us head on, we begin to scratch our heads, and we begin to wonder, okay, what is... What is life? What is the importance of life? For years and years and years, I refused to go to a funeral. I just, I, 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 I was a grown man before I went to my first funeral. Why? Because when you go to a funeral, guess what you got to think about? You got to think about the brevity of life. You got to, you got to think about the importance of, uh, of the time that you have here. And James says it's a vapor. Job says it's a wind. It's just a wind. The psalmist says it's smoke in Psalm 102 and verse 3. And Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and verse 24 that it's just grass it, and it just withereth away. It's just, it's just gone. It's here for a short time and then it goes. And we think that we have, I don't know if you've ever thought this in your life, but we think that we have all this time. I mean, I'm still relatively young, so I've got all this time. And sometimes we think that way, but every one of us can attest, especially as we get older, every one of us can attest to the fact that, man, time marches on. And it just was yesterday. I don't know if you ever think this way, but it was just yesterday I was in my 20s. Just yesterday. I mean, it was just, it was just the day before that I was in my 30s. I cannot believe. 
that time and, 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 and many, and, and when I make this statement, many of you are looking at me like, oh, you're still a young whippersnapper. I get it. I get it. But let me tell you something. You think the same way. It just seems like just yesterday. And time just keeps marching on. So we have one shot. You get one chance. You see, in, in sporting events, you don't, you don't play a game, right? You don't play the Super Bowl, and then the Super Bowl doesn't turn out the way you want to, so they say, okay, wait a minute, we're going to play it again. It doesn't work that way. You, you, get, you get one shot at the Super Bowl. I mean, you get one shot at life, folks. That's it. This is the, this is the only go-around we get. You know, the Bible doesn't teach reincarnation. The Bible doesn't teach uh, that, we get a, that we get another chance in the, in the sense, of, um, a sense of life. Now, praise God, God's a, a God of second chances, right? He's a God of third chances. But God doesn't say, okay, you didn't do good in your 20s. Now you're in your 40s, so I'm just going to rewind and put you back in your 20s. That's not how it works. You don't get that uh, a chance again. Today... February 14th, I never know the date, but it's Valentine's Day, so easy to remember, right? February 14th, 2021, doesn't that sound weird? 2021, guess what? This is the only chance you get to live February 14th, 2021. This is it. Tomorrow will be the 15th, and you don't get this day, uh, you don't get this day back. Now, I think, and if my wife was in here, I'd say this. I'd say the same thing because she agrees with me. I think Valentine's Day is just a money-making, made-up holiday. You ought to love your wife every single day of the year, okay? And and I think and I'm I'm the kind of I'm the guy that it's for the woman, not for the man. So get over it. You know what I mean? And so uh, this, but this much, I mean, this idea that well, you know, I, I I better remember to love my if you better remember to love your wife, you're in trouble, okay? You're in trouble. You get one, but but it's here. You better do something. I mean, let's let's face it. This year we decided to do. I sent something to Anna and got something for Emma. So we've kind of done that through the years. And so this year was a card challenge. I like challenges. So my wife said, "Now you can't buy one. Uh, you can, you have to make your own card." Let me tell you something. I won by a lot. I mean, you know, by a lot. I mean, I spent, t- I drew and I colored and I, did, I made this fabulous, if I had it, I'd show it off to you right now. I mean, just a fabulous card. But you know what? I spent some time on it in, in a, you know, a, a holiday that really, I mean, go to Walmart. I mean, they, they're, they've got, and if you bought one, I'm not judging you, but they've got stuffed animals that are like $68 at Walmart. What's that Spanish saying? You know, what? And it's just a money make, but you know what? It's one shot, right? You get one shot. But guess what? Tomorrow you ought to show your lover too or love him too. It, why? Because we get one shot at the brevity of life, the shortness uh, uh, of uh, life. Number two, the simplicity of life. Life is simple. We make it complicated, but really it's simple. We're born, and we die. Oh, it's just morbid, preacher. I'm telling you. you. Look, go look. I mean, if you look at a gravestone, what do you see? You see a birth, 
You see a death, you see a dash. And that dash, just a little tiny thing. And that represents your entire life. However long that life is, that dash represents your entire life. It's really simple. It's a, listen to what the Bible says. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Sounds pretty simple to me. We make things difficult. We muddy the waters. When it comes to salvation, let me tell you something about salvation. Salvation is simple. God didn't make it hard. Man made it difficult. Man muddied the waters, not God. You place your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you're saved. That's it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Simple. God has made it simple. The simplicity of life, the shortness of life, the steadfastness of life. Boy, church, we got to keep going. We got to keep going through unprecedented days. We got to keep going through pandemics. We got to keep going through all the stuff that comes about in our lives. I'm telling you, one of the issues, one of the problems is that Christians aren't as strong as they need to be. And you don't get strong when the problem comes. You get strong before the problem comes. Because if you're not strong when the problem comes, you're going to fold and you're going to crumble. So we need to get backbone. We need to get some strength. We need to get some steadfastness. Be, this is what Scripture says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For your labor is not in vain, the Lord. I mean, the things that we do for the Lord matter. The things that we do for the Lord count. So we need to keep going. Things don't go your way. Man, I'm telling you something. We are powders. That's what we are. You ever see a child not get their way? You ever seen it in a store? I mean, you see them. I mean, you see them flail around on the ground. Let me tell you something. I was in Walmart. I only, have, I only go there when I absolutely have to. But I'm in Walmart, and I'm looking around. And this guy went to the back where the electronics are. And the guy said, how can I help you, sir? The guy was upbeat. And the guy said, listen, I'm going to try to be as controlled as possible. So I knew I was staying. I was staying in the electronics. So I'm looking at things I don't even need. So, so, so he says he starts going on about this phone. You know, you can... You can buy a phone with a plan, or you can go and buy a track phone and put minutes on that phone. Well, apparently the card that he bought doesn't work with that phone. Now, I don't know nothing about any, any of that stuff, okay? But apparently it would not work, and he was unhappy. I'm talking about three-year-old unhappy. And so he is escalating higher and higher, and this poor guy, and then comes another associate. And then another associate, it was like, you know, it was like CIA. They started coming out of all the, all the exits, and, and they started coming over, and he got louder and louder. So finally, the, the whole, the, the end of it was, okay, so here, he's got this phone. He says, so you're telling me you can do nothing. It wasn't Walmart's problem. It was the provider's problem is what I got. I mean, it wasn't really hard to figure out. He said, so, so you're telling me you can't do nothing. She said, now the manager got there. And the manager said, no, sir, I'm sorry, we can't do nothing. He said, that figures, and he said, a litany of words that I wouldn't repeat, and turned around and 
took his phone and slammed it on the ground. If my phone could record, which it can because it's a piece of junk, I would have recorded the whole thing. Smashed it on the ground, walked over, stomped on it, and walked, and walked out of the store. And I thought to myself, you are a grown man. I mean a grown man. I'm not talking about a teenager. I'm not even talking about a young person. I'm talking about a grown, older than me, grown man. Pitching a fit because he doesn't get his way. Yeah. Now, listen, we might not throw things. Oh, we might. But sometimes we act that way. Something doesn't go our way and we get mad. And we pout. And you know what we do when we pout? We do what that guy did. We shut down. We sh- just completely shut down. Now, I don't know what he paid for that phone, but that was idiotic. He brought the phone in. He didn't buy it there. He wasn't buying the phone. He didn't. He didn't destroy their property. He destroyed his own property. Smashed it on the ground. So you take $100 and just you know, rip it up and throw it in the trash or whatever the phone cost. Why? Because he didn't get his way. Listen, church, Christians need to start being steadfast in their movements. We need to be steadfast in our missions. We need to be steadfast in our service for the Lord. We need to be steadfast in what we do. Keep going. Why? Because what you do matters. You want to know why? Because your life matters. You see, not only do we see the, 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 uh, that life is a vapor, but number two, we see that life has value. Life has value. We have, we have absolutely thrown in the trash the value of life. The sanctity of life is in the trash anymore. It's absolutely unbelievable what we see anymore. There's no value for for older people anymore. I mean, absolutely no value to it. Yeah, we're not we're not going to do that surgery. Why we're not going to do that surgery? Because you're just you got one foot in the grave. That's really what they want to say. There's certainly no value with abortion on demand. By the way, it's not getting better. It was. It isn't anymore. It's going to grow worse and worse. Praise the Lord that we have ministries like the Savannah Care Center who care about life. Euthanasia. You realize that is legal in many countries. Euthanasia. Things aren't going well. We'll we'll just end it. Things aren't going the way we think they should go. We should, we'll just end it, end it. You see, we have this false idea in Christianity. And this idea is that Christians should never suffer. Now, we may not say it out loud, but it's understood. I had somebody just the other day say to me on the telephone that you know, how sick they were and they just don't know what they did wrong. So I try to explain to this person, I said, sometimes we're just sick because we are around somebody that was sick and we got sick. Sometimes we get sick because, well, we're advanced in age and our bodies are breaking down. Sometimes things happen, but we have this idea. I love the story. You ever seen the story or read the story of Johnny Erickson Tata? Love that story. Love her story. She had a diving accident when she was young. 
dove into a body of water that was shallow and, and, and broke her neck, became a paraplegic. Now, I'm not telling you she hadn't had struggles because if you read her biography, you'll know she went through some major depression, major struggles in her life. But let me tell you what she did. She decided that she was going to still serve the Lord. She was going to still keep moving forward. And let me tell you something. She has, and God has richly used Johnny Erickson Tata in her suffering. In her suffering. This idea that we don't, that we don't suffer is, is not a biblical idea. We see it in the word of God. As a matter of fact, sometimes that's the only way God can get our attention is through suffering. Trying to wake us up. But we need to understand the sanctity of life. That life is valuable. Let me give you these three things real quick um, this morning. Number one, your life matters. Your life matters. And I know I, I know I need, I, need, I need to be very careful, but I'll be very, very blunt. Either all lives matter or no lives matter. This idea that only white lives or black lives or Asian lives or whatever you want to call it matter is ridiculous. Either all lives matter or none of them do. Regardless of age, regardless of sex, regardless of race, we all matter. And we all matter to God. I want you to know something. God, the scripture says this, God is no respecter of persons. Let me tell you what that means. That means God doesn't love you more than he loves me. That means God doesn't love me because I live in America more than he loves somebody that lives in a third world country. That's not how that works. God is no respecter of persons. God loves people. You know why? Because people matter. We see it. I mean, we see it defined for us in the word of God. Psalm 139 and verse 14, the scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We either all matter or none of us matters. Your life matters to God. He created you. He created you. I, I want to read some of these verses to you because I, I, I find them so very important when it comes to the sanctity of life. And that your life matters to God. Psalm 139 in verse number 13. The scripture says this. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. From the womb. Listen. From the womb God knew you. He created you. Number two, he cares for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves you. And he loves you not with the selfish worldly love that we love with. You see, that's the idea of Valentine's Day. I hate to 
burst everybody's bubble. But isn't that what it's all about? Who, who, you know, if I if I buy for you, you're gonna buy for me, right? I mean, if I'm I'm gonna get for you, you're gonna get for me, right? In the past, I've bought stuff, and I always, I guess it's never right to lie, but I always tell Wendy, no, 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 we won't buy nothing this year, and I always, almost always buy her something. And she says, but I didn't buy you anything. I say, it's because it's for a woman. I don't want anything. By the way, this gift-giving things, when I want something, I generally go out and buy it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We were actually in the store the other day, and uh, she, I said, okay, I have agreed that we're not going to buy anything for each other. I said, so you have X amount of money to buy what you want in the store. And she did. Because guess what? She loved it. You know why? She picked it out. Great idea. But this idea of trading back and forth, let me tell you something. Somebody's making a lot of money. A lot of money. But that's the kind of love the world loves with. I'll love you if you love me. If you stop loving me, then I'm going to stop loving you. It's unbelievable. It collapses. God loves us with a sacrificial love. God loves us if we don't love him. By the way... We love him because he first loved us. And we see in the scriptures that he cares for us over and over and over again. He created you. He cares for you. I've run out of time, and this is an entire sermon series, but think about this. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down. Number one, he ponders you. He ponders you. Do you know what God thinks about you? What? Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. God thinks about you. He ponders you. Number two, he prays for you. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7, verse 25. He intercedes for you and for me. He protects you. God protects you. John 10, verses 28 and 29. No man is able to pluck you out of his hand he protects you first john 4 and verse 4 greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world he ponders you he prays for you and protects you and he purchased you he purchased you first corinthians 6 19 20 what know you not that your body is a temple of the holy ghost which is in you and you're not your own you're bought with price he purchased you but we we go out and purchase things that we love. We go out and purchase things that we need. And God purchased you. Wow. Does that blow your mind? And if you're a born-again child of God, then you're not your own. Jesus Christ bought you with a price, a very high price. He paid the highest of prices because he loves you. I have a lot of books. I mean a lot. I love them. There are books on my bookshelf that I paid a quarter for, 50 cents. If you borrowed it and bring it back, didn't bring it back, I wouldn't lose any sleep because I can go buy that book again. There are books I have on my bookshelf that you are not welcome to borrow. You're welcome to look at it. You're welcome to stand there in front of me and read it. But I'm going to tell you something. I paid a high price for that book because it's rare because it can't be found, and because I had to have it. It was important to me. But tell you something, Jesus Christ paid a high price. 
And he paid that high of a price because he cares for you. Because he loves you. You know why? Because you're ma- you, he matters. Your life matters. There's all sorts of people telling you, isn't that, isn't that true? Even, even growing up, remember, remember school, some of you are talking about going back to school. Are you kidding me? School was sucked. Unless you were that cool kid, I was that odd kid. I was that, nobody knew exactly what to do with me. I was the kid that had the hair down to here and the hair down in the face and ripped, before jeans that were ripped were popular. I go to the store now and I'm thinking to myself, you're going to buy that? Half the fabric is missing. Well, that's what I wore before that was popular. I mean, all black. I mean, my school quote, remember the school quote you put in there? You wouldn't know what crazy was if Charles Manson was eating Fruit Loops at your kitchen table. Well, I'm telling you, I was a weirdo. I was a weird person, and nobody knew. And so, I'm glad I'm not back. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in high school. People pick on you. People look at you like you're a weirdo. People, I mean, all these things. And guess what? We just get better at doing it now. We just get better at doing it now. We talk about each other. I mean, we, we, we talk about this doesn't matter and this person doesn't matter, and we prejudge people. Brother Williams was talking about that. As these ladies are coming through, there's no, no time for prejudgment. They need help. What they did in the the previous days or previous months or previous years is besides the point. They need help. And I'm telling you, God doesn't just excuse your sin, but he will forgive it. And if you'll confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Wow. Let me tell you something. You might look around and nobody else might care, but your life matters to God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Life, it's short, folks. It's just a vapor. It's wind, it's smoke, it's grass. I mean, there's all these things that just wither away. It's gone. And then your life is valuable. You matter to God. Boy, that should bring a smile to your face. That God knows my name brings a smile to my face. That God knows me so intimately that he knows the very number of hairs that are upon my head. Let me tell you something, church. We don't have a God that can't be reached. We don't have a God that's so far off that we can't get to. We've got a God that cares. And if you're sitting here this morning and you've never placed your faith or trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you supremely. He died for you upon the cross. He was buried. And praise God, he rose again that third day so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. If you've not placed your faith and trust in Christ, I beseech you, I beg you this morning, Don't put it off for one more moment. Your life's a vapor. You may not have tomorrow. Today, the scripture says, is the day of salvation. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed. 
piano playing this morning at invitation. And maybe you want to come to the